I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. A lot can happen in three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at UH1.com. Welcome to the Capital Club Podcast. I'm your host, Brian C. Adams. Tune in weekly to hear from top industry leaders as we discuss relevant topics in the world of business, investing, health and wellness, geopolitics, and more. To learn more about the show, visit ExcelsiorGP.com slash podcast. Hello and welcome to another solo episode of the Capital Club podcast. Today, we're going to be talking about deflation. This is something that's become in the news. We've heard a lot about how China, which is the world's second largest economy, has been sliding to deflation. What does this mean for the rest of the world? Should we be more worried about deflation than we are inflation, which is... I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Obviously been dominating the headlines lately. But before we get into kind of what's happening on the ground in China, Let's actually get into defining deflation, what that type of environment looks like for investors, and what factors that would lead to that. But before we go any farther, all of our listeners who aren't already signed up for our Excelsior Capital newsletter, this is part of our latest series, Macroeconomic Trends That Will Dictate Investor Returns Over the Next Cycle. In the first part of the series, we talked about inflation, since it is far and away the most prevalent issue that we're facing today and one that I think is most top of mind for investors. We'll be diving into deflation, like I said, in part two, and then we're going to be wrapping it up with stagflation, 
in the third and final installment. But if you're interested in gaining access to more content like this, seeing what else we are thinking about and addressing, go to www.excelsiorgp.com. So let's get into it. Deflation, often described as being pernicious, is often how you will hear it associated in the newspaper because it is really harmful and very dangerous, which is why I think the Fed will always err on the side of inflation as opposed to deflation because it is an absolute death spiral, which we'll get into here. But the basic way to think about it is when consumer and asset price decrease over time and your purchasing power actually increases. So the inverse of inflation that we've experienced over the last kind of 12 months, basically you can buy more goods or services tomorrow with the same amount of money that you have today, which might seem like a good thing, like a positive thing for consumers, right? Because prices are dropping, your dollar is going farther, you feel richer from a purchasing power perspective. But unfortunately, it is not the case. It typically almost always signals a recession in very difficult economic times. The challenge is that much like inflation, where this expectation of rising prices actually results in rising prices. When people feel as if prices are heading down, if they're decreasing, they put off making big purchases because they think that they can get more bang for their buck later at a later date, which means that when spending decreases and the consumer is not as active, it means things are not being produced, right? Manufacturers pull back, the economy slows and basically leads to massive unemployment and actually even higher interest rates. So it's this horrible negative feedback loop, which generates kind of higher unemployment, lower prices, less spending, and it leads to more and more deflation. So it is always associated with a very negative correlation in terms of what happens with the real economy. Two big causes of deflation, they are a decrease in demand or growth in supply. Right. So, like I mentioned earlier, there's this supply and demand dynamic. And when there is no demand, that means there's not going to be any supply. And the cycle continues. It has this knock on effect moving forward and basically means that there's going to be kind of a, a decline in aggregate demand, which leads to a fall in the price of goods and services. If that supply does not change, very hard to get out of that cycle. Interestingly, I think because it is so pernicious, to use the word that economists typically associate with it, we have not really experienced it much in the US. The one kind of highlight era that people typically point to is the Great Depression. So we're talking 1929 was this horrible recession, which continued on into the 30s, where there was just this massive decrease in demand for goods and services which caused prices to drop significantly, and the, essentially the economy collapsed. Now, this is kind of wild doing my research, but between the summer of 1929 and 1933, the wholesale price index fell 33% and un unemployment peaked above 20%. So it happened across the world. Obviously, it was very acute in the US. And it was kind of like I've said, this is why the Fed and, and other folks are so wary of it. It was seemingly impossible to reverse the course 
on this kind of deflationary environment and this Great Depression that came along with it. It really wasn't until World War II in the early 40s, called it 1942, where we were able to extract ourselves because we just had this massive production of war material that was needed for Europe and Asia. That's what essentially got us out of that kind of shock. So that's the kind of massive change it takes to pull you out of one of these kind of deflationary death spirals that just gives you a sense of the scale and the scope of what we're talking about here. The poster child for deflation, which we're also going to get into in the stagflation episode next month, but it's really Japan, right? Where they've been in this kind of mild deflationary state since the 1990s. CPI in Japan has been slightly negative since 1998, except for a few kind of brief periods. And they've really struggled to get themselves out of it. They've tried everything in terms of kind of their version of the Fed, their version of economic development and secretary and their treasury. They really have not been able to move the needle there. They've even had negative interest rate policy, which is pretty wild, where you're actually penalizing people for holding on to money. Some of this is a cultural phenomenon there in terms of their saving culture. But again, very challenging to get out of these situations. Japan is actually a better story now. But for 20 years, they talked about just this lost generation of wealth creation that happened within kind of Japanese society. And that's usually the one example that people trot out. There was some concern that the Great Recession in 2008 was going to end up being deflationary. Obviously, it was a very acute period. didn't end up happening, mostly because the Fed started their quantitative easing policies and just injected huge amounts of liquidity capital into the market in order to stave that off. Again, I think these are lessons learned over the last generation where they were so fearful of a deflationary environment, they were willing to do almost anything to kind of shock the system of the economy back into an inflationary state to get things. We put together a free resource available exclusively to our podcast listeners. If you're looking for strategies to safeguard your portfolio against inflation, you want to check out our latest guide on the best alternative investments to consider. Head to ExcelsiorGP.com slash download to learn more. Again, So bringing this all back to where we started with the conversation about China, what we're seeing here is the Chinese consumer is more abundant. Production and investment in long-term assets, there's been a lot of headlines about the commercial real estate industry in China and how it's doing really badly and imploding. Huge headlines about youth unemployment going on these record highs. They've actually stopped reporting youth unemployment numbers, which is obviously not a really good sign. And there seems to be this kind of massive debt bubble percolating up there. And so will they actually shift into deflationary environment? I'm not really sure. Obviously, we're going to keep tabs on this. And it's a huge part of the global economy. But what does it mean for the US? Well, here, we've really managed to bring inflation down pretty dramatically. I think the Fed's actually done a very good job. It's challenging to restrict economic activity so severely while not bumping into recession, still up in the air whether or not we're going to be in technical recession or not. But it seems like they might be able to have a soft landing and thread the needle here, which in my opinion is pretty impressive. 
So it's not something that I'm overly concerned about. China obviously is a big part of our economy, but when you talk about reshoring and nearshoring and the fact that the Chinese government, I think more for political reasons than anything else, but seems to be initiating their own round of quantitative easing. They obviously don't want a lot of unemployed youth running around the streets, causing challenges and problems for their political hierarchy. So I'm not overly concerned, but it is kind of interesting that <laughs> there's one, all this talk about inflation for the last three, four years, Larry Summers and others since COVID and all the extraordinary measures the Fed and Treasury has taken, deflation has really not been topical up until now. So we'll kind of see, unfortunately, if we were to enter into a deflationary state, what would an investor do? It's very challenging, obviously, because you're, like I mentioned, debt actually becomes more expensive with deflation. And so people and businesses just don't borrow, which slows everything down because they're just trying to kind of stay out in front of their most recent debt payments because nobody wants to take on higher rates and higher interest on a new round. And so it really stifles any economic activity pretty dramatically. And I think if we're looking back on the Great Depression, the market is not a very safe to, place to be. Fixed income is not a safe place to be. Not shocking at all, given kind of what we do for a living over here, but real assets and private companies that are able to withstand that death spiral of debt will probably be your best play, but it's just something to be avoided, honestly. And I think we're always going to, at least in our lifetimes, err on the side of inflation rather than anything else. So uh, a topic that you're hearing more about, but there's honestly not a lot of chatter or hasn't been recently. So it's kind of interesting to dig in a little bit. And I think watching Japan and how they've been able to finally potentially push out of this is a really good lesson for all the observers. So I hope it provides some context. Hope you feel a little bit more confident in terms of how to allocate capital, what things you should be paying attention to in the market. Obviously, there's a lot going on and things are changing constantly, but I hope it's been helpful. As always, thank you for tuning in. Don't forget to leave a review. If you enjoyed this episode, please do follow us on the socials, LinkedIn, Instagram, TikTok, and we'll be back for a third installment covering stagflation here soon. See you next time. And thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for joining us for today's conversation on the Capital Club podcast. If you enjoyed what you heard, be sure to like, rate, and leave us a review. And please follow us on your favorite streaming platform so you never miss an episode. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.